0: see you this morning. I'm just having a few technical dish issues with my computers and things, but that's all good. Who hates computers when, you know, like, there's ah. oh, you know, talk about an overcomer. You've got to be an overcomer of flipping electronic gear these days. It's always messing up. And if uh, I got a bit of a uh, reverb going there? It sounds a bit echoey. Um, yeah. That's okay. If you just work on that, that'd be good. Thanks, Long P. Yeah, but we're living in that world where we're very reliant, of course, on all electrical devices, um, you know, so we get so frustrated, so upset when they break down. I pull my hair out, Yeah, my wife was always running to my office going, oh, this stupid thing won't print now, this won't do that, can you get this working? I go, oh, and, and, and it's like that, and, and, you know, everything's reliant on technology, and um You've got to be an overcomer to get over some of the frustration of working these things. And uh, I know the one frustration for me is when I subscribe to something. You know, nothing's ever simple, is it? You know, it's like you go to subscribe and you're writing all your details in and it says, are you a robot? (laughs) I go, I don't think so. (laughs) Well, just tick the box. So you tick the box. It's still not convincing you're not a robot. So a screen comes up and says, now tick all the boxes where there's a car in it. And you're looking carefully, there's one there, one there, and, and then all goes, no, nah, try again. Have I, I missed something here? <laughs> and you do it again. I had one one day, six. Six in a row. It just didn't accept the first picture that I got. I'm sure it was correct. I mean, I probably didn't have my glasses on, but, you know, sometimes they're so hidden. All those things with traffic lights, and you might just want well, a little tiny bit you missed, you know. And, and, and I'm, I'm starting to think, am I a robot? <laughs> because it was, it was just so frustrating, you know, just looking at these boxes, ticking this, ticking. And then to find out who's behind all this? Who's checking up if I'm a robot or not? Well, it's another robot. <laughs> A robot is checking up to see if we're a robot. I uh, thought how frustrating, but anyway, that's the world we live in. But we got to learn to become overcomers of all circumstances and that's what we're called to do. There's certain things we can overcome in the natural, but there's certain things in the supernatural we need him for sure. Because Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12 says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the world's rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual wickedness in high places. There is another world, there's two kingdoms at play right now, the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light. The kingdom of God. And we've got to understand these two are are in a battle right now. And that's why we're having so much turbulence and so many things are going on. And to be an overcomer, we need to be in Christ. We need to be making a stand for him. We need to be transformed into his likeness. This is how we become an overcomer. We put on Christ daily. We put on Christ in our journey with Christ, there should be a change in take place. You know, as we become and overcome, something should change. When you became a Christian, something should change. If the gospel hasn't changed you, then the gospel hasn't reached you. There's the BC and AD, as I call it, before Christ moment, and then there's the AD when you become a Christian. There should be a distinct change taking place. And if the gospel is in you, you will be overcome by the world and its standards rather than. Overcome in the world. Do you feel like that sometimes? It's overwhelming. Like you've got to. This is where we've got to really engage with the words of Christ. Need to put on Christ daily, that we can stand against the wiles of the devil. That we can stand against these schemes and not be worried by it all. So this morning, I want to take you to a passage in John sixteen thirty three. Now, just prior to this, Jesus speaks to his disciples. About his, this is just before he got arrested and taken off to the cross and all that. He's having a discussion with disciples. And then he goes on to say, I've, in John chapter 16, verse 33, I have spoken these things to you, this is the conversation he was having about them, so that you might have peace in me. Because they were worried about what's going on. They couldn't understand because Jesus was talking in parables. But then when he spoke clearly, they began to understand. And it's sometimes when we have a difficulty of not understanding, we get all worried. So here he is putting me at peace. He says, I've spoken these things to you so that you might have peace in me. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Let me just pray. Father, I thank you this morning for your word, for your truth. And I pray today, oh God, that you'll speak out of your word, that God, you'll touch each one of us here, that God, you'll challenge us, you'll transform us by your word and by your truth. So, Father, I pray your words will be spoken, not mine, and, God, that we will be challenged and changed into your, more into your likeness. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. So here we see in John chapter 16, 33, Jesus says to his disciples, So that you might have peace in me. There's a condition it says that you might, it says so you will have, it says you might have, because it's dependent on us, depend on how we connect with Jesus, how we look to his word as truth. Because I'm telling you, I've seen Christians that are panicked, and I see Christians that like at ease. What is the difference? We're both Christians, because one believes the word and one thinks it's a good suggestion. And we need to operate from understanding that the Word is what changes us, transform us. So, um, so when anything is not clear, there's always confusion, isn't there? You know, like that makes us uncertain. And some of us have not read our Bibles enough to get the certainty that what Christ said is going to happen and take place. Some of us are like, well, I'm not so sure yet. So you kind of get a bit rocked when you see the news saying certain things. You know, a lot of us go, oh my goodness. And, but you have to remind yourself that we're in Christ, that Christ has overcome these things. And we do not need to be uh, conformed to the standards of this world, but we renew our minds and our thinking. So Jesus always brings clarity when you open up your Bible and you're not sure about things. You go to the Word of God and go, okay, it's all good. Jesus said it's going to be good. So there should be a clarity, you know, because without clarity, we get worried, we get concerned. You know, as a believer, Jesus is there in the middle of your turmoil. He'll never leave or forsake you. That's his promises. And if you're worried today, you need to grab hold of God's promises because it's his promises, and God will not let you down. He will not forsake you or leave you. We need to understand that. The peace of God overcomes fear. I remember, like, uh, the world was shaken in, not, uh, in 2001 with the 9-11 collapse of the Twin Towers, uh, that changed the world as we knew it, because it brought in a whole load of changes from insurance things, and everything was changing back then. And I was already booked on a flight to go to Malaysia uh, prior to that happening, and uh a lot of the pastors that are on this trip will kind of going. no, oh, I don't know if I want to go now because we're flying into a Muslim country. And, of course, everything was talking about the Muslim people. And, uh, of course, if you dig further into that, which I won't go into today, but uh, you'll find there was a lot more than that. It was a narrative put forward. But anyway, um, so there I am. You know, everyone's a bit uh, I had a couple pastors pull out of the trip, so I'm not going. I just don't feel safe because this was only like 11 days after the Twin Towers came down. And we're, going, we're traveling on a plane. Of course, planes are involved and all that stuff. So they were kind of worried. And I go, nah, I'm not worried. i got peace about this. Uh, yeah, it's all good. God's got it covered. And uh, I, I must admit, there was a few crazy moments. But, you know, I remember pulling up. I went to, uh, I was taken up to Malaysia. And, um, and we did a bit of a tour of people's houses, met some people, Pray over the houses and things. And in this time, the pastor that was traveling with me was running out. His schedule was not on time. He, I kept saying, we, we've got to get back because I had a flight to connect to uh, in Singapore. I had to get back to Singapore to get my connection flight to Melbourne, blah, blah, blah. And he's going, oh, plenty of time, plenty of time. We've got to see somebody else. And I said, oh, you know, I'm getting a bit worried because I know times and how far the airport was. Finally, he goes, oh, we go now, we go now, we go, go get the flight, we'll catch the flight back to Singapore. And I said, okay, that's good. Makes me feel at ease now, because I didn't want to miss this plane. And um, so we get to the airport, and uh, we, we get dropped off, and we thought, oh, great, yeah, yeah, we're in time, we've got half an hour, that's fine. Go to the checkout, and uh, the lady says, okay, where are you going today? I said, we're going to Singapore, I was in Kuala Lumpur. And uh, she goes, okay, where's your luggage? I said, oh, well, I've only just got this bag and that. She goes, what, you got no suitcases? I says, no, no, no. My suitcase is uh, back in uh, Singapore and I've uh, we, we, got a connecting flight there. She goes, well, you're on the wrong side of the airport here. I said, what do you mean? She goes, this is domestic. You need the international side to fly to Singapore. I said, oh, you're kidding me. You know, like, <laughs> and I said, Well, where is it? Yeah, and it's about half an hour away. It, it was the same runway, but you had to go right around the airport to get there. So I went, oh, so we bowled out. I said, quick, let's run. Yeah, we run out and the taxi had dropped us off. Was we still sitting there. And uh, so we quickly jumped in there. And I got my Bible in my hand. I got my bag in the other hand. I'm sitting there and suddenly two guys jump on the bonnet. And I'll go, what the heck's going on here? And suddenly you've got these pictures of terrorists and things, and I'm holding a Bible, and I'm thinking, oh, no, it's all on. It's all happening. And there's this argument going on and all this. And, of course, your mind can go crazy when you don't understand, when you don't have clarity of the situation. And, and I couldn't understand a word while they were speaking. Suddenly the pastor comes in and says, we've got to get out. And I'm going, Whoa, what's going on? That's <laughs> all so he said to me. You just got to go. He didn't, he didn't give me any clarity. He didn't give me any words of peace. Like, it's okay. It's all under control. And he says, come with me. And I'm going, where are we going? And we get into this other car. And I'm going, oh, my goodness, are they taking me somewhere? <laughs> it was another taxi, by the way. <laughs> I found out it was another taxi. And apparently it was to do these guys that jumped on the bonnet with the taxi drivers of, of the other car. The rules were you can drop off. Any taxi can drop off at the airport, but only certain taxis are allowed to take you from the airport. And these guys were annoyed because this guy was not allowed to do that, and he was about to do that, and they jumped on that. But in that moment, it was just like, what is going on? And that's the kind of moment these disciples were in when Jesus came and says, you know, I give you peace in those sort of moments, peace. And that's what we need sometimes. Because then it, it carried on from there. Then we raced to the airport, and I missed my plane get to the counter, and they said, look, we'll just put you down in case there's any cancellations for the next flight, blah, 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 and I went, okay, so I'm with this guy called Kwakwa, you'd probably remember Kwakwa, some of you guys, and uh, we were stand there, and, uh, and as I'm talking all this, I left my, my camera on the desk, I forgot about it, so I went to sit down and uh, and we sat down waiting to see if we we're going to get called up for this next flight. And I remember sitting there and, and I, oh, my camera, I've left it over the desk. I said, look, can you just wait here a sec? Here's my passport and stuff. Just hold on to everything. I'll just go see if I can get my, my, my uh, camera. And as I went back, I got the camera and they called over that we've got one seat left. One seat uh, to fly to Singapore. That means Kwakwala, the pastor I was with, would have to stay there. And... Uh, so I, I said to him, okay, and I got back and I, I, I said, look, just hold on to that stuff. I'll just go make sure it's okay, then I'll take this flight. He says, yeah, look, I've got your gear, it's okay. He had my camera, everything. And um, then I went to the desk, and said, yes, I'll take that flight, that's all good. And I come back to find him. Just as I had turned around, there had been about three flights come in, and all these Asians were coming off and, uh, off the plane, and they all looked like him. <laughs> and, I go, and there's a final call going, I've got to get to my flight. He's got my passport and everything. I'm going, where is he? Where is he? <laughs> and also a little hand pops up. I'm over here, Pastor. And, uh, and so I was raced on board because I was running extremely late onto this flight. And um, I get on there by myself. And I sit down and think, ah, oh, it's all good. It's all good. Then I saw four Arabs get on board. Look very dodgy. <laughs> because everyone's on this tense moment because of the 9-11 and it was. And they walk down and two of them sit down here and two of them go down to the back, sit down. And then the two sitting just opposite me, they sort of turn around to the other two and they go, give the nod. And I go, oh, no, what am I into now? <laughs> so it was a very... Moment of like, what the heck is going on? And uh, the story goes on from there. But i to saying, when we don't have clarity, we don't understand the worry and panic comes in. And some of you here today may be in that place where you're worried because you're uncertain. Well, trust Jesus. Trust Jesus. Go back to your word of God. His promises to you uh, will never end, they are there forever. So that's why you could say to the disciples, have peace in me. Then he goes on to say, in the world, you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. You go, hang on. So you're saying, Jesus, we're going to have lots of trouble, but be of good cheer. Hang on. Trouble? Cheer? How does that go together? It's just like, ah, it's just, I don't know what you're saying here. How could you? Okay. You know, we can see right now there is turmoil in our world and it can have an effect on you. And it does have an effect on a lot of people. But as someone said this morning, as Christians, we should stand strong in this time. We should have joy. We should be the answer for the situations because we have Jesus in us. And people are looking for hope. People are looking for answers. I said to the lady at a coffee shop recently, which goes, my goodness, this world's going crazy. I said, oh, yeah. I said, certainly. She goes, aren't you worried? or your kids are not worried? I said, no, I'm not worried at all. I said, because I know how it ends. I know I know, I know, know what's going on. And she goes, oh, because I've had other conversations with her too. But when you know, and that's what God wants to give you confidence in his word, he shows you how it ends. He's written everything for you so that you would have confidence in him and not doubt him. He has not left you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. You need to understand that that's his promise to you. So no matter what craziness goes on out in the world, you don't need to be... Are worried by that i mean this is some crazy stuff i just saw in canada i don't know if the bill's passed or they're proposing a bill for extension of euthanasia to babies infants crazy stuff you know and we're getting crazy reports from the middle east wars and everything's you know wars and rumors of wars like matthew 24 tells us jesus talks about that time adverse effects and look at this is a shocking one this is coming to mainstream media now just this week uh, you know it said in the UK 70 percent 74 percent of women who received the COVID injection are now infertile they starting to show that these injections are causing many issues around the world and we go what the heck is going on with our crazy world so we need to be aware of those things that so we can stand up and comfort people and be with them and be strong and know our God has the answers our God is the answer But amongst the turmoil, Jesus says to be of good cheer. What did he mean? How can he be so cheery when everything's falling apart? You know, uh, it's it's in times like this, I think it really tests your faith. You know, I think God has allowed this moment in time to test your faith because there's some churches that are collapsing. Some churches are just going crazy. As some posted yesterday, I don't know if you've seen that one going around, a a big production in this massive church of 33,000 of a, the pastor spe- uh, swinging on a wrecking ball, Miley Cyrus job, and uh, and because it was after the Super Bowl, they were they were acting that, and they had a Bible, and they kicked off the Bible. I would go, what? This is not church. People are just losing it. But the great news is, is Jesus has overcome the world. Jesus said, "Be of good cheer." It was a word spoken to strengthen someone who was facing a hardship or a trial. If you translate the verse more literally, Jesus said, In the world you will go through some distressing times, but take heart and be courageous. That's what it's really saying. Courageous. Where we've got the word of good cheer, it means, it's a word that means courage. Be a good cheer. Be courageous. Be bold. Like God said to Joshua, be bold and courageous. Be, be strong. We need to be strong in these times. This is the true test of your faith. Faith is not just a wishy-washy kind of thing. This is actually standing firm when the the battle comes to you. Remember, in the tough times, we overcome by rejoicing in God. You know, the world's falling apart, and this is doing this and whatever. But as in like Habakkuk 3.17 says, though the fig tree may not blossom, and fruit is not on the vines, the labour of the olive fails, and the fields yield no food. It sounds all doom and gloom, doesn't it? It says, The flock is cut off from the fold, and no herd is in the stores. You know what it says after all that? It says, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. Is that your position today that no matter what circumstance, you may have lost your job, you may be struggling with uh, financially with house payments or interest rates going up, and, and all these things just seem to be overwhelming. But in the midst of that, you can say, yeah, I will rejoice in the Lord, my Savior. You, you, you move into a different place. When you know that there's God has got you, God is for you, God is with you, you can move away from the fear of all those other things. Have confidence in God. 1 John 5.19 says, we know we are of God. Do we know we are of God this morning? Do we have any doubts about that? We'll give you an opportunity at the end of the service to uh, make a decision for Jesus. It says in 1 John 5:19 it says, We know that we are of God and all the world lies in evil. We are in an elite, evil world. There is a separation between those in the world and those who are not of this world. Remember, we are on the winning side. Just, you always got to remember that. When you see things pushing you know, on the news and all the fear mongering and all that, we are on the winning side. Amen? We have power and authority over the devil. We are on the winning side. We are in this world, but we are not of this world. This is not our final destination. This is not our final home. And some people are making it like that, but you should not be thinking like that. Our destination is heaven. We are like campers, happy campers just coming through. <laughs> and as I said in one illustration one time, when you go camping, you don't take a, a truck or a, or a lorry with all bricks on there and start building a house on the, on the site, do you? No, you don't, because it's only temporary. You put up a tent. So we are here for a certain amount of time. We don't know how many days we have or, or years we have, but we know it's temporary, so we don't think like the world does. We think differently to the world. The world is trying to collect as much as it can because that's all it has. You think people of this world, all they have is in this world right now. All, so they try to hoard things, they try to collect things, They, they, they try. You know, their whole world is revolving around money because if I don't have money I don't survive, because they have no God in their world. Jesus says, I have overcome the world. In the world you have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. That means he has overcome the world. Jesus said, I have overcome the world. The word is nikeo from the Greek, which means to subdue, conquer, overcome, prevail, get the victory. I like that, get the victory. So I have come to get the victory of the world. He conquered the world. Quite an interesting statement. I, Jesus, Jesus saying that because Jesus in his time was known as a simple carpenter, a craftsman. Just, just a side note there, when you see, everyone says, what was Jesus? He was a carpenter, his, his dad was a carpenter. Well, that was from a translation uh, meaning craftsman because apparently uh, there was not many carpenters in that day. There were more stonemasons and things like that. So it changes your whole thinking about that if you do some study on that. But anyway, he was just a simple uh, uh, craftsman. And he was uh, not like someone like Alexander the Great who conquered like Asia, Minor Asia, India, parts of India, the Middle East and all this. Now you would have thought that that's the sort of statement Alexander the Great may have said. I've overcome the world. I've conquered the world. You know, and all that. Or Napoleon through Europe, taken over different areas like that. He could have made a statement like that. I've conquered the world. I've overcome the world. But here is Jesus. Jesus A simple carpenter's son. Jesus was a Galilean who wore a peasant's garment and hung out with poor and the fallen. He was neither of wealth nor of worldly rank, had no honour among men, yet speaks of overcoming the world. He is betrayed by one of his own followers and placed in the hands of the enemies. Then he was led out to the judgment to be charged with blasphemy. He was given to the brutal soldiers to be mocked and despised and spat upon. His hands and feet were nailed to the cross that he may die a felon's death and yet he said this I have overcome the world So how has Christ overcome the world it looked like it was all defeat looking on that picture there you just think that's Jesus you would were, you've were defeated no he wasn't defeated because the world he was talking about is not the world in our understanding it's actually the spiritual world as in what's termed Satan's world in my the um, Pure Life Bible actually says Satan's world because the God of this world at the moment is Satan is roaming around. But God is greater than that God, and he's not a God in that sense anyway. But uh, he, our God has overcome everything, overcome the devil who wants to be God of this world. So firstly, Christ has overcome the world through his life, It says in uh, 1 John 3, 8, that Jesus came. He says, He who practices sinners of the devil, for the devil sins from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was revealed that he might undo the works of the devil. So Jesus came through in his life to undo the works and defeat the works of the devil. Then in his death, in Colossians 2.13, it says, And you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh. He has made alive together with him and have forgiven you all trespasses, blotting out the handwriting of ordainances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and has taken out of the way, now it to the cross. Having stripped rulers and authorities, he made a show of them publicly, triumphing over it in it. He triumphed over it in his death. So he, he was an overcomer in his life. He was overcome in his death and he was overcome in rising and reigning again, which he, will, he is doing from the heaven perspective at the moment. The total victory of Jesus and the total authority of Jesus is now vested in us all as his followers, his disciples, the representatives of his kingdom. 1 John 3, 9 says, Everyone who has been born of God does not commit sin because his seed remains him and cannot sin because he has been born of God. And in this, the children of God are revealed. The children of the devil, everyone not practicing righteousness, is not of God. Also, he who does not bother his uh, brother. The children of God are revealed. That is us. We are revealed. We are the ones that are called to come forward, to be overcomers. So how do we overcome the world? We overcome, as I said at the beginning, by putting on Christ. You are a new creation. There's something different about you to when you walked once in this world. This should be something different. Is there enough evidence today to, to see that? Can people look and go, there's something different about that person? I don't know what it is. I, uh, you know, You should have that in your workplace. People should see something different about you to those that are not Christian. They should see something about even your language should be different. You know, like I'm astounded to hear so many Christians, you know, using bad language. And I go, that is just not right. You know, and you're still of the world. You're still traveling in the world. You need to get out of the world and put on Christ who overcame the world. Paul says this about walking as an overcomer in Christ. In Colossians 1.9 through to 14, it says, For this course we also, since the day we heard, do not cease to pray for you, and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his love, oh, sorry, of his will, in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you might walk worthy of the Lord, to be all pleasing, being fruitful in every work, increasing the knowledge of God, being empowered with all power, according to the might of his glory, to all patience and long suffering with joyfulness, giving thanks to the Father who has made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. For he has delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the remission of sins. For he has delivered us because he has overcome and because he has delivered us, we have overcome the devil and his works that we now walk in a new world, a new life in him. And one John five four says, "For everything that has been born of God overcomes the world." So, if you've been born of God this morning, you are an overcomer. You're an overcomer of the world, and it's evil. You know, we're not partakers of it, but we're, we stand against it. And this church stands for that. I just saw a message uh, that came through from my uh, info the other day. I was just cleaning stuff out, and I saw this one that came out a few months back, and. Uh, this guy was in Sydney and somehow he got onto our podcast or, or our Facebook page or something and saw one of our messages. He said, you don't know how that made me feel. He said, to hear a church talking about the real things that are going on in this world right now. He said, there are a lot of churches I've been to not talking about anything. There's craziness going on and yet the church is like lost. They don't know what's going on. What should we do? But he said, how refreshing it was that your church is doing a series, we're doing a series of time on what is going on in this world. He said, thank you. You've blessed me and continue on your way. So I thought, wow, that's, that's the encouragement. And uh, because we need to tell the truth. We need to speak the truth because only the truth that will set you free. 1 John 5, 5 says, who is who overcomes the world? but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. You cannot overcome this will by yourself. It's a transformation that takes place in receiving Christ as your Lord and Savior because he's already done everything. He's won the battle, but you walk in that. You walk worthy. You walk according to his, his ways. As it says in Colossians, walk worthy of the Lord to be all pleasing, being fruitful in every work and increasing the knowledge of God being in power with all power. You are powerful in Christ. You're not powerless. The devil will lie to you and tell you you're no good. You'll never amount to anything. I've got all power. He hasn't got any power over you. He has a power in his realm. And that's why you've got to be very careful of where you place yourself in this world because you can get caught up in those things. I mean, overcoming the world, you know, we have seen such crazy stuff that people are Giving way of their Christian foundation, they're slowly moving a bit to the world, where we need to bring the world in, into Christ, and uh, that's where we've got to make a, a stand and a strong stand at that. But who is who, who? Sorry, who is he who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. So this morning you have a decision to make: Are you in Christ? Are you a new believer? Because Jesus gives you that opportunity to come to Him this morning. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. And it says in Revelation 3.20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and will dine with him and he with me. And then it says in Revelation 3.21, To him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on the throne, even as I also overcome and have sat down with my Father in his house. The destination... Your destination is in your hands. You make the decision. Jesus will not make it for you. But you have an opportunity this morning to come to Him. You have an opportunity this morning to change your world. To have power to overcome the situations that we're facing right now. And there's more to come yet. But be strong. Be strong in the Lord. Be strong in your faith. Be strong in Him this morning. And this morning, if you've never given your, uh, made a decision for Christ, I want to give you an opportunity right now, wherever you are, for just every head bowed, eyes closed. Let's just think about that. Where do you stand with Christ this morning? Are you on the winning team? Or are you lost? Because Jesus came for the lost. He came to overcome the world so you would have an opportunity to find God again this morning if you've never given your life to Jesus Christ you don't know what it's like to feel forgiven you don't know what it's like you're confused about the world and you need that hope there is only hope in one name and its name is Jesus Jesus came to save the world came to save and seek that which is lost and if you're lost this morning you'll find life in him but it starts with a relationship with him to become an overcomer, you cannot do it on your own you need Jesus so this morning if you want to make Jesus your Lord and Savior it's one step away just raising your hand acknowledging that here and I will see that because I want to know who those people are so I can pray with you and pray for you if you want to receive Jesus Christ this morning as your Lord and Saviour, you've never done that before. Perhaps you have once and you've fallen astray and you say, I'm coming back, Jesus. I, I need you. I need you. And I, I'm going to be strong at this time. If that's you, just raise your hand wherever you are. And I'll see that and just pray. Thank you, Jesus. The other call this morning is that perhaps you've been traveling lightly. You know, it's so easy to cruise in your Christian life, but when we face trouble and turmoil, it creates some a, deci- a decision has to be made in us. Are we going to stand or fall? And this morning, some people may have faced some tough decisions, but I'm telling you, with the power of Christ in your life, you can become more than an overcomer. And if you're, this morning you just want prayer, just say, Jesus, I need you. In my tough circumstances, I believe in you. I trust in you, but I just need to have that strength once more to be that overcomer, to stand and make a a declaration. If that's you in this place, just raise your hand wherever you are. If you're saying, Jesus, I just need that strength again. Amen. See those hands. Amen. Amen. Okay, well, we're going to say a sinner's prayer together. And uh, if you're saying it for the first time, it doesn't matter, or if you're saying it the second time, it doesn't matter. What matters is that you're saying it. So just follow me this morning as I say the Sinner's Prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I am a sinner, and I ask for Your forgiveness. I believe You died on the cross for my sins, and rose from the dead. I turn now from my sins and invite you to come into my life to be my Lord and Saviour. I thank you now. Amen. Let me just pray this morning. Father, I thank you for this congregation. I thank you for those who raised their hands. Father, we want to leave this place empowered, empowered by your Spirit, knowing that we are called to be an overcomer, that we are more than overcomers within you. For there's no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. But we are conquerors. And I pray for those that raise their hand, that will get the reality of that in their day-to-day life. They will stand for what is true. They will stand for you. Father, I pray right now you'll give them that strength. You'll give them that boldness, give them that courage. Be strong and courageous, says the Lord. Be strong in your walk with Him. Father, I just pray you'll be with everyone here. For we are family and God, we stand together. We stand strong in your word and in your truth. We want to give you all the praise and all the glory this morning. In the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen.